Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Two of our broadcasts. Before we get to Transformation Tuesday, how about a few items from the text line? And I want to begin here in our discussion about inflation. Getting inflation under control is a spin coming in a few months. When the year over year from last year to this year is drastically lower. Because we will have been under this high inflation mess for over a year. Of course, don't expect the mainstream media to point this out in context. They'll just focus on the drop in year to year and celebrate Biden got it under control. And just in time to use that spin alongside the women's health mantra to try to to maintain their control in the legislative branch. You are very insightful. (laughs) I can see them doing just what you described. When you finance most of what you spend with borrowing, you have to create inflation to devalue the currency or otherwise you won't be able to pay the current interest payments. This, however, has its limits, and it's just kicking the can down the road until economic reality finally kicks in and you're forced to deal with the real problem. That will not be a great day for anyone. No, it won't. Not a pretty picture at all. And I love to share contrary posts on this broadcast from people who disagree with me, like this one. Vince, it saddens me. I have to change the channel away from your Transformation Tuesday. You're a snake and a liar. You mislead people. Then call anyone who disagrees with you a radical. I feel so sorry for you and your heart and soul. I'll pray for you. Maybe one day you'll be saved yourself. That's so wonderful. I so appreciate that. I did reply to this texter and strongly encourage this person to call in. I'd love to hear whatever the concerns are. It's just, it just always amazes me. It's like, where do the, where do people get these ideas? Especially, uh, the sad thing is, what people hear. Because it's very clear by what this texture is communicating. I don't know what they've been listening to. Just curious. This person says, sounds like one of your wonderful liberals. (laughs) This goes deeper than liberal and conservative. This is just profoundly uninformed and misinformed. Let us go into Transformation Tuesday, shall we? And I want to share a couple of items. Both Both of these, I believe, are from the Steve Crosby post that he does weekly. And this first one is very short. Steve asked the question, why do I believe in radical forgiveness as part of the essentials of the gospel? Radical forgiveness. 
the answer to this is so simple. Yet there are a lot of people who have missed this. The answer is because sooner or later, we are all going to need it from God and from each other. It's really that simple. It takes me back to a conversation I had with a good friend of mine several weeks ago. I think I may have shared part of the story where there was some concern about a possible offense toward me. And as I was explaining the heart of Jesus, what does he say about forgiveness? What if my brother sins against me? I forgive 70 times 7. 70 times 7. That's the nature of the gospel itself. A recognition we all need forgiveness from God and from each other. So for me, not to extend that. See, I, one of my favorite scriptures where Jesus says, freely you've received, freely give. Freely you've received, freely give. And um, this is what I find about life. People give what they have. If they've experienced forgiveness and grace, they extend that. If people don't experience that, they don't. It's really that simple. Sooner or later, we're all going to need radical forgiveness. The second post is from my friend Lauren Rosser. And he quotes from Michael Harden. I want you to listen to this very carefully because this, um, and, and please do not hear what I'm not saying. I do not want anybody to go away from this particular segment saying, well, we're telling people not to believe the Bible. Vince is telling you what I see in a good part of evangelicalism is a great deal of bibliolatry. In other words, people have made an idol out of the Bible. Rather than worshiping Jesus, they're worshiping the Bible. Here is the post, the quote from Michael Harden. I want you to listen to this very carefully because I think it's very brilliant. Lauren posts this, ran across this brilliant statement from theologian Michael Harden that perfectly summarizes the root of the problem of most current methods of interpreting Scripture. You've probably heard this plenty of times. It's all about the interpretation, right? Here's what Michael Harden says. When it came to learning the Jewish Scriptures... It is my opinion the church until the early 2nd century, for the most part, interpreted the scriptures in the light of Jesus, rather than Jesus in the light of the scriptures. See the difference? Jesus' life, death, and resurrection brought about a pivotal change in how one understands the Jewish scriptures. The Apostle Paul, the authors of the fourth gospel, and the epistle to the Hebrews all reflect this orientation. There's a, there's a clear shift from the Old Covenant into the New Covenant, right? This suggests the Apostolic Church had a Jesus-centered Scripture, not a Scripture-centered Jesus. My goodness, what an important distinction this is. I know this is can be kind of deep, and I just encourage you, those of you who are followers of Christ, 
meditate on this and and ask God for revelation on this, for understanding on this, because I think this is one of our pivotal problems where we've essentially lost Jesus in the very temple itself. Many of us are full of scripture, but we're not full of Jesus. There's a difference. A Jesus-centered scripture, not a scripture-centered Jesus. Love to get your thoughts on this and the post about forgiveness. By the way, I had an interesting conversation. Do I have time? Yes, I do. Just had a brief conversation with someone yesterday about the subject because this person has kind of moved away from a Christian worldview onto more of a different worldview. I don't even know what that is. And this person believes in karma, which I believe is is an evil philosophy. It only perpetuates evil. The difference is the gospel breaks the cycle. I don't want (laughs) karma. I celebrate forgiveness, redemption, and that's what's available in Christ. Thank God. Stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. If you'd like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110, 800-928-1110, the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line, 71307. And I want to make it very clear again, if you have a difference of opinion with me, feel free to call. Love to hear your perspective. We can have a little debate. Always open to that. <laughs> That person that said they're praying for you, who are they praying to? Jesus or the devil? Gosh. Oh, goodness. Oh, I see what's going on here. This person has concern about something I have not talked about on this program. Hmm. Quite intriguing. Vince, why does the mainstream media only report the shootings and killings in Chicago that happened on the weekend? Don't the people of Chicago continue to shoot and kill each other the other five days of the week? That's Jim out of Easley. Yeah, I've seen those headlines. 
Deadly weekend. Yeah. Vince, you were so right. Hate is hate. Doesn't matter why someone murders. Love you, my brother in Christ. Ditto. People that work hard for their money is not as quick to give it away. And the people that are working hard are not needy for other people's money. Hmm. Indeed, a lot needs to change. We need to get back to an organic humanity. A lot more to that, but that sums it up. On the topic of forgiveness, you're talking about rational people. Sociopaths and psychopaths see others forgiving and gentle natures as signs of weakness and then prey on that. I hate to say that you... You're almost preaching to the choir in this one. Not that we all can't do better at forgiving. But there's an assumption that we don't. No, it's not. Just a reminder. Because I think many of us, if we are honest, we have selective forgiveness. I'm just acknowledging that with me. Sometimes there are situations I need to be made aware of. Because... I can be selective at times and not realize it. Just putting that out there. Vince, I could could dive to the depths of the ocean or dig to the core of the earth, and neither would be as deep as your message about the Jesus-centered scripture or the scripture-centered Jesus. Definitely, it's deep. Makes a thinking man do more self-examination. Jeff, thank you for being receptive. I think I understand what the person that seems to be struggling with your transformation messages, from my view, is we aren't comparing to what you said this week. It's a collection of what you had been saying since you've been on the air. I, too, struggle with it as well. It seems as you forget what you've said in the past as if you were only using talking points for a political position, but then contradict yourself when you switch to Transformation Tuesday. We see the red. Oh, transformation days. Your arguments always seem to only just regurgitate what someone in the RNC or conservative media wrote that morning, which makes you seem all over the place on any topic. Hmm, that's kind of intriguing. But again, if you have some specific example of that of some concern, do call in. I'd love to hear it. Hear what that perspective is on any potential inconsistency. Always open to correction always open to that but I want to make something very clear I don't take talking points from anybody I don't care who it is I'm not here to represent the Republican Party or any party and certainly no candidate or politician I'm not their representative (laughs) I too pray the persona you play on the radio is not how you are in real life I do get that you have to look at revenue and ratings but at least be consistent on any topic. These transformation days, you toss it aside right after. See, this is what I think is interesting. Whenever you make an argument, you need to give an example. So I appeal to you, call in, let's have a conversation. If there's something that I'm communicating that's not consistent with something else I'm communicating, I'd love to hear it. Love to hear it. And we have this person who has texted him before. Why would anyone call in debate with you? You call people that you don't vote for names just because they disagree with you without you ever 
interviewing them and the people I'm talking about are people that I'm not in any relationship with whatsoever. So what I'm doing is I'm calling you out. So where's your excuse? What's your excuse for not calling in? I want to hear it. Whatever it is that you have to offer. Just putting that out there. Because all too often, people make all kinds of accusations or observations or whatever, and you really can't back them up with facts. It's just feelings. So if you got some legitimate thing you want to bring up, bring it. That's all. I love this text about forgiveness. Giving forgiveness to others helps you. Recovery starts after. One of my favorite quotes. My favorite quote, one of them. I'm giving up on our relationship, not because I don't care, but because you don't. Oh my goodness, that is good. I love that. I have got to save that somewhere. You know, because there are times... And we've discussed this before. There are times you can forgive. And sometimes you need to forgive and walk away. You can't necessarily stay in a situation that is untenable. Forgiveness does not necessarily mean that you let that person back into your life. I want to come back to this very briefly and touch on this subject of Ukraine. A great story that's done by the Washington Post about the list of anti-Ukraine Republican lawmakers and how this list is quickly growing. Two months ago, three voted against the first pro-Ukraine bill. This week, 57 opposed a request for weapons and humanitarian aid. That's a big difference from three to 57 among those, and they have a picture very prominently at the top of the story from our good friend, Congressman Thomas Massey of Kentucky. I love the way they start this. Once belittled by then-President Trump as a third-rate grandstander, Representative Thomas Massey, used to tilting at political windmills. In early March, the Kentucky Republicans, one of only three, to oppose the first piece of legislation designed to show U.S. support for Ukraine in its war against an invading Russian army. A familiar lonely spot for the libertarian-leaning lawmaker, frequently at odds with his party's leaders. On Monday, Massey spoke to Trump for the first time in more than two years received the former president's endorsement in his primary. And on Tuesday, 56 Republicans joined Massey in opposing the latest push to send arms to Ukrainian forces. And Thomas Massey says, this list is growing by the week, suggesting the price tag so far is insane and sanctions against Moscow only increase inflation. More and more people are agreeing with him. 16 for 16 in opposing support for Ukraine financially. Love to get your thoughts. Stay with us. In response to Transformation Tuesday, this texture saying, I can forgive a child or the naive or the misinformed. I cannot forgive an adult. 
that takes deliberate action and is aware of what they're doing. I'm, I just want to ask you, are there times when you do the same? Seriously, are there times you do the same thing? I think we've got to be very, very careful. I, You know what's interesting to me? How many allegedly non-judgmental people I meet who are profoundly judgmental. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. And forgiveness is not so much what you do for somebody else. It's what you do for yourself. Because you're carrying something around that's going to weigh you down. That's what it's about. It's not about the other person. You know, most of the time when people do things that are sinful or injurious in some form, they're oblivious and they will keep right on moving. And here you are seething and you've added a layer of bitterness and anger. I think I shared this quote with you. Bitterness is like drinking poison and sitting and waiting for it to kill your enemies. So just think about that. When asked to sum up the law, the Pharisee who knew all the law and rules said, love God and your neighbor as yourself. The Bible always gives you a heart condition to strive for. And the closer you get to that, the less likely that you even need to know what the law and the rules are as you inadvertently come back into compliance. Well, maybe not the ones the politicians write, but at least the ones that matter. <laughs> you raise a great point. The new covenant's not about outward laws. It's about what God has written on our hearts. And it's important to remember that. On Ukraine, this is a full-blown proxy war with USA versus Russia in Ukraine. We're funding and supplying it. Next step is dragging our soldiers into that mess. God forbid. Don't know where to start in this comment, but I'm going to try. This actually includes all of humanity. I'm going to target the religious. If someone is truly religious... How can they support digital computer AI augment, augmentation? This is part of what I'm talking about when I make references to an organic humanity. Are we not organic supercomputers already? We're definitely capable of being programmed. It's been proven. We now have teachers putting out false programming. Some people are programmed well, some are not. For the moment, I'm going to stop there, but I think you understand what I'm saying. More time needs to be spent on this topic. One thing for sure, we all need to slow down and get back to being the human beings. That's, we're using our so-called God-given abilities to do the right thing. Yeah, we cannot allow our humanity to be stripped away. I'm fully with you on this. What else do we have here? Vince, how many people have forgiven Donald Trump for a few mean tweets that I never actually experienced? I don't know. <laughs> Can't answer that. Should we forgive Joe Biden for destroying this country deliberately? Do you really think he knows what he's doing? I think this guy's clueless. I really do. The combination of just pure ignorance and mental illness, fading mental capacity... I don't even know, think the guy knows where he is. But don't you destroy yourself with hatred for him. I, I didn't tolerate this with the Trump, the Trump haters, and I don't care for it with the Biden haters either. 
Scott says, we should give the mercy we beg for from God daily. Yes. Very, very important point. Maybe one of the most important stories of the day is right here. You ready for this? A House panel holding a public hearing today on unidentified aerial phenomenon. Most commonly known as UFOs. <laughs> this is a high-profile moment for a controversial topic. It's long been relegated to the fringes of public policy. The hearing, this is getting live-streamed, by the way, has been convened by the House Intelligence Committee's Counterterrorism, Counterintelligence, and Counterproliferation Subcommittee. This is a panel chaired by Democratic Representative Andre Carson out of Indiana. Carson warned in his opening remarks at the hearing, this hearing and our oversight work has a simple idea at its core. Unidentified aerial phenomenon are a potential, are you ready for this? National security threat. They need to be treated that way. He went on to say for too long the stigma associated with UAPs has gotten in the way of good intelligence analysis. Pilots avoiding reporting this because they were being laughed at when they did. DOD officials relegated the issue to the back room or swept it under the rug entirely, fearful of a skeptical national security community. Now he's saying we know better today. UAPs are unexplained. It's true, they are real. They need to be investigated. And any threats they pose need to be mitigated. Hmm. As part of these proceedings, Richard Moultrie, who's Under Secretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, and Scott Bray, Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence, are appearing for the subcommittee. And after the public hearing concludes, the panel will also be holding a closed-door classified briefing. Hmm. What do they know that they're not going to talk about publicly? This is the first congressional public hearing on UFOs in decades. Following the release last year by the U.S. intelligence community of a long-awaited report on mysterious flying objects that have been seen moving through restricted military airspace over the last several decades. 144 reports of those unidentified aerial phenomenon. Potential national security risk. How concerned are you, ladies and gentlemen? Stay with us. Final stretch of our broadcast for today as we take a look at the day in history. Bernie, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great, Vince. How are you, sir? Hey, doing pretty well. Awesome. Doing pretty well. Love it. What do you think about UFOs, by the way? There's got to be something out there, Vince. I believe um, we were talking about this this morning, me and John Moore. Um, I guess there's a video out there of someone off a naval ship that was taking uh, photos or video. Um, and he said it's just hard to dispute. So I don't know. I, I like to believe there's there's life out there. Yeah, this texture says, I think we have just a few more immediate concerns right now other than UFOs. <laughs> if they wanted to finish us off, this would have happened years ago. So, 
Congress always working on the important things, right, Vince? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, priorities, right? That's right. My goodness. Sometimes you have to wonder. <laughs> Let's take a look at the day in history as we go back first to the year 1769. This man would go on to become the first president of the United States, criticizing taxation without representation. Who was this guy? George Washington. George, indeed. 1875. The first race of its type run in Louisville, Kentucky, my former home city, for all of three months. What is this particular horse race that happens in the first week of May? The Kentucky Derby. Kentucky Derby is absolutely <laughs> right. You got that right there. Right there yonder. Yes, sir. <laughs> 1940. This country occupied Brussels, Belgium, and started invasing, invading France. 1940. What was the country responsible for this? Oh, would that be Germany? That would be Germany, indeed, as okay. you go three for three. Let's go. 1965, the FBI actually weighed in on the dirty lyrics of a song. And this song actually predates you, so I don't know what kind of hint to give you for this. Hmm. The song was performed by, I believe, the Kingsmen is the name of the group. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's two name. It's actually one name. Repeat it twice. Hmm. I don't know that one. It is Louis Louis. Louis Louis. Okay. You ever heard the song before? I have not. You got to check it out. It's uh, it's kind of a catchy tune. Okay. At, um, in fact, I'm not even familiar with those dirty lyrics. <laughs> now I'm curious. 1973. There were hearings over this very important crime that took place, and this would ultimately bring down a president. What were these hearings for in 1973? Uh, was this Watergate? Watergate is correct. Right. 2000. This is a show known by its zip code, a very ritzy zip code, I might mm -hmm. add. The final episode aired in the year 2000. What is 90210? Yep, Beverly Hills 90210 is the correct answer. And then we go to 2004. And for pretty much all the history of this country... We've had marriages that really didn't draw very much attention, but this one did in 2004. What was different about it? This one performed in Massachusetts on this day. Was it the first? It wasn't the first legal gay marriage, was it? I believe it was the first legal same-sex marriage. Wow. That's correct. All right. So you have gone, what is this, six for seven? Yeah, that's not bad. I'll take those odds. That's pretty impressive. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you have any piercings? I do not. No, sir. Do you like piercings? Uh, it really depends. Um, I, if you have multiple, um, you know, I'm okay with ears and stuff like that, but I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little sketchy on, you know, the nose piercings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, those things drive me up the wall. I <laughs> I'm just going to be blunt. I just think those things, a good part of the time, are just disgusting. And it saddens me because sometimes I see some really attractive people, and I'm thinking to myself, why did you why did you do this to yourself? Yeah. Just a thought. Which is a lead-in to a story that we will go into now. Uh, this is a person named Brianna. 
Shihada. She's a dreadlock artist living in California who has a passion for body modification. Oh, my goodness. And this picture of her is just downright. I'm just being honest. It's scary. Uh, I don't see anything attractive about this at all, but different strokes. Here is what's so bizarre about what she has done. She has surgically split her tongue and has now said that she can taste two separate things at the same time. This young lady has over 220,000 followers on Instagram. Recently posted a reel on the social media platform where she tries Sprite and water at the same time. In the video, captioned, what two flavors would you try first? You can see her pouring a glass of water alongside a glass of Sprite. She bends down. Her split tongue allows her to taste both the drinks at the same time after tasting it. The caption superimposed on the video reads, this makes my brain feel weird. (laughs) This video, nearly 200,000 views, lots of comments. This is exactly the quality content I need on a Monday. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about this, uh, Bernie? Uh, Does that look God. attractive to you? It's... No. You sent that to me um, before the show or after the show yesterday, oh, right? Oh, gosh. I'm looking at this again. Oh, oh. it's awful. Oh, no. Just no. <laughs> I I mean, <laughs> and she's got like four piercings over her nose. She's got a, a nose ring. I, I just, I'm serious, folks. Maybe you can educate me on this. If there are some younger folks within the sound of my voice now, maybe you can call in tomorrow and explain to me, what is the deal? Is this just about being different? You know, trying to be as outlandish as you can possibly be? Uh, Jim out of Easley communicates something. (laughs) I'm not going to comment on this. Vince, only pigs and bulls have rings in their noses. Enough said. (laughs) I think I'm going to stop there. Thank you very much for joining us today. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Take care. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.